Hello. Episode two. Awkward silence. All right. Good intro. That was probably the best I've ever done. Batting a thousand right now. Every intro I do, it's just amazing. Um, so yeah, episode two of what do we call it? DP three Moto Show. Something like that. Well, it's not. Well, we need the exact term. I think it's DP three Moto Show. Something like I that. I think the name of it is DP three Moto Podcast. That's Moto Podcast. DP three Moto. All right. That's well, if people are listening, they already found it, so we don't. You know. I'm sure they know what it's called. Um, so anyways, how was your your weekend? You went to Southwick. It was awful. All right. That's that's good to hear. I couldn't see a goddamn thing. Did you so you were in the handicap seating? Did you sit at the front? Yeah, but the problem is that you can't see to the left or the right of anybody. So was Disgusto there? No, he didn't. He didn't make an appearance. He could be dead or in jail. <laughs> he was probably catering a, a children's birthday party or something. Disgusto. My name's Disgusto. But no, I couldn't, I couldn't see anything, and people are just fucking morons. It's pretty hilly, too, like to be going around in a wheelchair. You know, like getting to the pits. From the pits to where you're watching is kind of a trek. I didn't have my scooter thing, I probably wouldn't have gone. So does that scooter make it up the hills though? Yeah, but I look like a real sore thumb when I come ripping past people doing like <laughs> thirteen miles an hour to make it up the hill. Oh god. So you have to power down the hill to then oh, yeah. to and even I have, to, have a I chance. Have to get all the way forward on the edge of my seat so I can get weight over the front. So you can so get can traction. Mm-hmm. Does, yep. Would you not be scared if you made it like three quarters of the way up the hill and the thing started spinning? You started going backwards, or could you just grab your wheels and fucking hope for the best? I would just grab my wheels, or I would just make a hard one eighty <laughs> or the other way. hard left, hard right into the woods. Was it happen? I a couple times I got to the end and I was it was just spinning. And did anyone help you? Yeah, or did they just I, leave you to die. Anna was there, so she helped push me up. So when you're hauling, is Anna running behind you? No. (laughs) She's not not following you, sprinting up the hill behind you? No. Why not? Then how is she there already? Or you let her get a a head start? Well, it's more like if she sees me spinning, she lets me spin for a minute while she catches up. (laughs) So So you're helplessly spinning going up the hill. And waiting on Anna yeah, to sprint to you. Going up some of the hills, I was slaloming up them so as to not have the <laughs> incline be so severe. <laughs> it's like you ever seen a front wheel car driving the snow, try to get up a hill, and they're turning the wheel and they're not going anywhere. That was me. So you, how? Oh my god! So I assume you got some looks. Oh yeah, you, you get you definitely get stared at for sure. Me personally, I'd be jealous. It's like going to the grocery store. Like I, I wish that I could mosey on around in those carts. You know, there's nothing stopping you besides your own ego. Well, I we never. It's not like we grocery shop together. But if we went together, I've been trying to get you to hop in one of those things so we can both skirt around. 
you won't do it. And I should okay, so I just leave my chair at the front of the grocery store. I hope it's there when I get back. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you got to take the the scooter from fucking the grocery store all the way home, which isn't that bad. Yeah, I'll wheel it right on my my lift, put it in my van. I'd follow you. No, I'd follow you in the car like a fucking like tour de France. I'd be right behind you. No. <laughs> all right. Um. Anything else from the from the weekend? Anything stick out to you as that was good? Well, definitely not the viewing, as I already said. Me personally, I oh. think watching from the TV is better than watching in person. The only place I think different would be Unadilla, because you can see. Yeah, it. I get real excited. I get real excited to go, and then I get there, and I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was home. <laughs> Didn't have to pay sixty five dollars to get in. And two hundred some odd dollars for a hotel. So here's a question: If you got like a press pass, you have to pay for the press pass, no? I don't know how that works, but I know even to get a pass from somebody, like they put you on the list so you can get in and out of the pits. Last year it was fifty dollars. Now it's sixty five. Fucking Biden's America, dude! Up in the Bro, prices, and even pit passes are going up. Ridiculous. Sixty. I brought a for three people. I brought. I brought a couple hundred bucks cash, like two two twenty maybe, and I said, "Yeah, I'm picking up three tickets." And I was waiting for her to say, "Yep, that'll be one hundred and fifty dollars." And she goes, "That'll be one hundred and ninety five dollars." And I said, "What?" I think nowadays, even going to a race weekend, if you go with like, like you said, three people, including yourself, once you pay for gas to get there, parking when you're there, food. And then if you're a total schmo and buy fucking a shirt or whatever for the whole family, you're looking at like a $500 trip. And that's if you don't sleep over. That's if you don't fucking get a hotel or something. Well, let's like, see. I spent $195 to get in. The hotel was like $320. So there I'm, what, $500 in the hole. The I hotel spend, was $300? Yeah. Holy shit. And I spent... Sixty dollars to get two chicken tenders baskets, or three t- chicken tender baskets, and a drink. And the night before, I spent one hundred and twenty dollars on uh, dinner. Food that wasn't good in Springfield. Springfield Mass is very overrated. I feel like it's no, it's probably rated exactly how it should be. It's a shithole. So basically, to go on a one night vacation cost me eight hundred dollars. <laughs> when you could watch it. At home for fucking... I could have seen it better from home and not been stared at like some sort of extraterrestrial being. <laughs> How packed was the handicap seating? It was fucked. It was totally fucked. How many people... And if, say, there was... What percentage of people in the handicap seating were actually handicapped? 10? No. 60. And but if, everyone's got a posse with them. Yeah. So... so so people, one person. They, yeah. they, realistically, there was six. There was probably seven of us in wheelchairs up there, but there was forty people. Jesus. Well, I guess you can be disabled and not be in a wheelchair, though. Like maybe some people up there were like this one. One guy, I almost had to throat punch because Anna and her brother were standing next to me, and they were blocking people that were behind them, but that didn't care to see. Like, they had asked them, am I on your way? 
And this one dude literally said, no, it's all right. Like, I'm going to go home and watch it on TV. I can see it better anyways. Mm-hmm. And this other guy whose wife was in, she was on one of those fucking, you know, the things you stand behind. You can also sit on as well. It's like a walker, but you could sit on it. Yeah. She was, she had one of those and this guy turns to Anna's brother and he goes, are you handicapped? And he goes, no, I'm with him. And he goes, well, he is not you. And then this guy proceeds to block the two people behind him as well, but then gave Anna's brother shit for being in the way. That's when you're supposed to go, are you handicapped, sir? Like, what are you doing? Well, the difference is his handicap was mental, not physical. So. <laughs> and what was the what? other person's disability? Oh, at my desk. Hold on. What the fuck? Oh, technical fuck. difficulties. Sorry, go ahead. I said uh, technical difficulties. Yeah. You have an, that really, an ant that infestation really in your fucking room. Jesus. So basically what you're saying is to sum up going to Southwick, a big portion of it was you couldn't see and you had to risk your life. It was hot as balls. Yeah. I was was on vacation. I was feeling good. Spent It was 90 degrees and it was 100% humidity. It was was disgusting. And it was was packed and overpriced. But that's every national besides the the heat. But I'd rather go to Unadilla because you can see. You can actually see. Unadilla, and I mean, I don't know. It, it can be a I'd trek like to go to Unadilla. Bugs Creek too. I feel like that would be good. I told you we drove right by Bugs Creek. I went to, for the people that are listening, I went to Myrtle Beach. And, uh, of course, the woman, my woman, decides. it. To, I fell asleep, and somehow Apple Maps tells her to get on fucking 301 or something like that. And we're literally driving through fucking bumfuckville for two hours. My feet could have went through the floorboards. Every time she stepped on the brakes, it was way too late. I was about to have a panic attack. Um, But long story short, we went by Bud's Creek Road. I was like 10 minutes from Bud's Creek. I don't think I've ever been that close to Bud's Creek, and I had zero interest in driving in there. No, but I'd like to go to the National. I feel like that would be fun. It seems like a good place to watch, but Unadilla is really the only good place you can actually see more than one section Southwick, you can see one section that's it yeah at least where the handicap section is isn't a bad section you know you got the tabletop right in front of you pretty much or a little bit before you but either way i mean yeah but you see the tabletop in front of you and then they disappear below you and then when they pop back up you're staring at the at the fucking tan lines on the back of people's necks in front of you because <laughs> you can't see out past them so someone so could the handicap fucking- section it's three feet off the ground, and I'm three feet shorter than everyone else that's standing already. So we end up just being eye level. So someone could die in front of you in that little hole after the tabletop, and you'd oh, have yeah. no idea. You'd just be like, oh, yeah. they didn't come out. It's like no a, the pit of fucking Tartarus just fucking off themselves in there. Yeah, but um, it was, I mean, I'm happy I went because I guess I got to see people, and you see things that you can't see on TV, but you also get to see nothing at the same time. <laughs> Um, so speaking of Southwick, as far as two fifties, kind of a race recap, any thoughts on the two fifties? Who, who ended up getting the overall? Was it fucking, did you I, watch the race? I watched, but my memory's so bad. I know Shimo. Oh, VL well, oh, VL one. Never mind. VL one. Um, 
Yeah, Vial was sending. He's getting into his form. I think the biggest thing about that whole situation, part of the reason why I feel like his first moto was pretty good, was because Southwick, there's not so much to learn. Like, you have to learn the track, but it's not like you have to worry about, like, timing jumps, shit like that. You're just fucking sending. So it's not as, naturally, he's never been to the tracks in America. Um, so he doesn't have much to learn. Well, even in watching qualifying too, he was just doing things differently than everyone else. Like he was, the way that he was hitting the turns was completely different than somebody like Deegan who was just jumping into things and smashing into him. Yeah. He would, you know, cut underneath bumps and then hit it at the exit instead and miss all the deep shit. Like I feel I like he just knows how to ride that stuff more than like he, he has finesse versus the other guys that around him. They're just pulling in the clutch and just banging into stuff. <laughs> I feel like it's that's... true. Like I saw it. I him and him and Hunter too. They were just yeah fucking. They would just hit stuff differently yeah. than everybody else. Yeah. Well, I think a big thing. It's like the European style. Like if you watch, if you watch, it's almost like the creativity line choice is a huge thing. And then just keeping momentum up, which is huge in the sand. I mean, Hunter didn't do it nearly as well as he has been doing. But, like, after the crash last week and then the bike blowing up, like he's having a rough go at it. The fact that Deegan has the fucking red plate is pretty ridiculous. Well, think, he has a red plate and he went 4-10. Imagine if he went 2-3, he'd be up another 15 points. Yeah. I mean... I, I hate to say that I said it last week. Deegan, it's getting to his head. Like, he can be as, I don't know, think what you want. But when you're 17 and you got the red plate, like, now all of a sudden, that's pressure. He's been dealing with pressure his whole life, but that's pressure that's different. That's not fucking, you know. And it almost happened to Hunter last year when Jet's bike blew up. Hunter was, like, in the mix. But after his bike blew up, then all of a sudden it fell apart for Hunter. Because I feel like the pressure is just totally different. One thing about, I think, yeah, I don't ahead. think it matters that I don't think that's what affected it. I just don't think that he is very good at this track. I think it's totally different, like type of riding that you have to do. And if you've never, I mean, he went there once for an amateur day, but even that, it's totally different. So, like, if he sucks next weekend too and isn't on the podium because he's only been off the podium twice. So, if he goes to Millville next weekend, it sucks. Then I have to agree that yeah, but something to do with the red plate. But if you think about it, it's been three three races that we've seen Deegan where he's had pressure, and all three of those races he just didn't look the same as he usually does. The first one was the second moto in at Redbud after Hunter fell. Then a guy Kitchen just smokes Deegan, which wasn't happening for the the beginning of the season. And then the last two motos at Southwick, he was not anything special. Like, that's not what we've seen for the other rounds. Like, I can't, nothing's changed to me besides the the pressure that's on him now. You know what I mean? I guess I'm on the opposite side of it that I read, but I think he knew that he was going to win the overall and didn't have to push it. And at Southwick, he just wasn't good. Like, I don't think there's enough data to say that that's the reason. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see next weekend. But Millville's a pretty, Millville's a pretty sandy place. Like if he's not great at Southwick, I know it's a different sand, but Millville's pretty deep too. You know. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's like it's like most like half of it is that deep sand, and the other half is pretty ruddy. Like you get up the top of the hill, it's not it's not sand. It's hard packing. Yeah, but one thing he'll be good at, like just sending it through the rollers, because that's his style. I feel like that should be he should be pretty good. Like, there's a lot of sections at Millville where I feel like they cater towards someone that's sending, you know, like a Barsha or you know, fucking someone that's just holding it wide open. I feel like can do really well at Millville, which is probably why a lot of guys say that it's like their favorite track because I think you could just like the rollers you're just holding it fucking wide open, you know. And then there's a lot of, like, straight sections with just scrubbing jumps. Like, who can scrub the hardest? Like, the one little straight jump section before the finish line. You know, where you hit, like, the wall, the double, um, the next jump, and then the step up. Like, all those are, I don't know. I think it caters towards people that are aggressive. So, I think it it should be a good showing probably for Deegan. And if he's not in his head. And if Shimoda can send then I think he'll be pretty good, too. Well, I actually got to talk to him after the second moto. I thought like he was just hanging out, and then he did a double take and then got up. And, and You and him are buddies, I forgot. Partially, I, I guess, but he was, just from what he was saying, and I don't think this is anything that people haven't heard before, but I don't think he likes his bike very much, which is always weird to me because – if you were winning on it last year, it's not like these tracks have totally new dirt that they brought in and different track makers. Like, I, I don't understand how it could be that much. Like, I, I don't, I never understood why you couldn't just go back to what you were on last year. And be, but yeah. besides that, he said that he, he was concerned that he wasn't going to be able to win just because how uncomfortable he felt on his bike. So for him to win the second moto, he told me basically just to be on the podium overall and to win a moto felt like a win just because of how shitty it's been. And he was riding, I think pretty good that second moto, but if Cooper didn't fall, yeah. I think he would have passed him. That's what I was going to say. Like if good for fucking sushi to win, but like Cooper was coming hard. He keeps shooting himself in the foot too. Like it'd be a totally different story without the high point, uh, issue with him the fucking catastrophe where the he bike got, he was because he was in second in points yeah and i feel he like would have he, the lead. he's not the person either like he's used to the pressure like i'm not sure how much it would have really affected him like if if hunter didn't finish that so hunter if you think about it hunter's not finished two races or two motos and then cooper hasn't finished two motos right so how far there's a there's a 17 point difference between Lawrence and Cooper. So if they both finished both motos, yeah, they're up they're up 30 points on everybody else, or 20 points on everyone else, and there's still a 17 point difference. Yeah, or more. With, you know, that's with Hunter getting whatever he got in the second moto. What did he get? Yeah. So I mean I don't know. It'd be a totally different story, but like he's in the position to do things. Like Cooper's up there. You know. Well, this. After this weekend, it's kind of like the great reset. Like before, Hunter had won every overall, and now, you know, there's five guys within 25 points. Yeah. I mean, at least it's interesting. That's the nice part about the fucking 250 class is that at least there's, like, drama, you know? Like, I don't want to see someone fucking eat shit and not finish a race. Like, that's not cool. But 
you know, different people battling, and at least the points are somewhat close, and you got a rookie that's leading, like, at least it's fun to watch. Like, the 450s haven't been like that at all, you know? Where the 250s, at least you can fucking sit down and be like, I don't know who's going to win this one. And even though Hunter won however many overalls to start, like, what, four in a row or something like that, five? Yeah. Um, At least he wasn't just dominating every moto. Like, I don't know. I have no problem with people that are way faster than everyone else if they suck at starts. Like, if Hunter if Hunter wants to go way faster than everyone, then start 30th. Like, at least make it fun for us to watch, you know? Like a Stewart back in the day. Like, if fucking Stu started in 30th and he was just hauling, he could still win, but at least it was fun to watch him come through the pack, you know? Yeah. Compared to, like... I don't want to, like, skip ahead and get to the 450s too quick, but it's kind of a good segue where, like, compared to 450s, like we were saying last week, Jet has, like, no flaws, and he's starting up front. It's so boring to watch. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's why, like, someone like RJ, I think, makes the 250 class interesting because he has the speed, but you never know if he is going to die trying to get somebody or if he's going to get a start and run away with it because... Yeah, it's guys like that that make the 250 class what it is because they don't have it figured out yet. Yeah, because all the, the you know top five in points they're all inconsistent up until this point. I mean Hunter wasn't, but now that he's injured, I, I, who knows how he's going to do? But like if you look at the at the points, it's like Shimoda went six one for third overall. Yeah, you know the only like really consistent person is Volan, who every week yeah. is just like six seven eight every single time. Yeah. No better, no worse. I feel like Volan's like almost waiting for a breakout ride, you know? Like he's due for it, you know? The consistency's there. It's just one moto that he needs to completely put it together. I mean, Millville might be that for Volan. I don't know. He, You're right, he's been like silently doing well. You know what I mean? One person that I think has been underrated is Hammaker to come in oh, yeah. like zero prep and then race probably the two hottest and most races of the year and and he was killing it in the top five is pretty insane because his speed it looks like his speed is there but he is definitely falling off a little bit like towards the end of the motos but i feel like that's expected like you can't be mad at that like definitely. like i said it was, it was hot as fuck so i mm-hmm. mean you can't like, you really can't expect too much. Two weeks. I'm sure he's trained a little bit, but, like, he's definitely not in the shape as the rest of the guys, you know? The same yeah, but the I'd same say by, shape. like, the last couple of rounds, I think I wouldn't be out of the question if he gets a podium or a moto win. That'd be good to see, though. It's nice, though, like, after guys have been out with injury to come back and fucking see him doing well. Like, it always sucks when people put in the work and fucking... Like, there's nothing you can do. Like, that's just part of the sport. Like, even a Romano, you know, fucking, that's, like, devastating when you fucking put in all the work and then you're out for, like, a whole year. Like, how long has Hammaker been out? Since, like, I heard a week before Supercross. Yeah, and even before that, was he hurt? Or really, it's, you know who's the worst with that? Fucking Jet Reynolds. Like, just terrible fucking. Well, he got sick, I guess, in the first, he rode the first qualifier and then maybe one lap of the second qualifier and then didn't start the motos because he was sick yeah he cannot catch a break that kid like he's when did he turn pro like two years ago uh, supercross 
2021, maybe? I don't know. Last year. Finish the yawn, dude. Last year in Supercross, he got hurt during press day on, like, his second lap. Jesus. So he's, like, we haven't seen much of him, you know? But I feel like his talent's there. The other thing that's crazy to me, too, is Ryder D's looked really good. Isn't his... Isn't he going to leave Pro Circuit? I think he's going to GasCast. That's the word on the street. But, like, he's kind of getting – he started off really good. Now he's kind of getting taken over by guys like – Braswell's been doing really good, too. Like Who? Braswell. He started oh, the year. He yeah. was getting, like, 15th. Now he's been just Tenth. inside the top 10, like, every round. Yeah. I'm a fan of Braswell, too. I feel like he's just, like, a solid human. He's a Jesus lover. He is a Jesus lover, but you can't knock him, you know. He nope. just he just seems like a, a good guy. Like, I want to see that kid succeed. And him picking up the bike off, at high point off of fucking Ryder D. I was like, mm-hmm. I like this guy even more. That it was shades of, who did McDade pick the bike up at Southwick off of? Dakotas. Was it Dakotas? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, and- it's nice to see, you know. I mean, the 250 class, I mean, of what what I could see, I was surprised that Kitchen wasn't better because in qualifying he looked really good. Sandy? Like, I feel like he always looks good, but, like, I thought he was going to get be way better. And obviously I don't have – like, I don't have live timing on my phone yeah. watching, so it's hard to tell. But, like, off the looks, he was somebody that I thought looked really good and would be able to be up front. But, like, I think he's just so start-dependent. Yeah, that's what's going to say. But he got a start and he won. But if he doesn't get a start, he's like Cooper, where yeah, he just can't. There's only can't a couple guys I feel like that cannot get a start in that class and do all right. It's probably Hampshire, Cooper, Lawrence, and Deegan at times. But like other than that, I mean, even Shimoda is fucking. He's getting not great starts and only passing a couple guys. Or there's been times when Shimoda starts with Hunter Lawrence there and fucking. Hunter at the end of the moto is in second and Shimoda's in seventh, you know. If you even look at this weekend, Kitchen was he was uh 10th and 9th on the first two laps or the first lap of both motos and went 5-9 and Shimoda 13th and second and went 6-1. Yeah. So I mean Shimoda's moving up, but no one's moving up like a Cooper or Hunter or you know, in Hampshire, it's at times, and then at fucking times, it's Deegan, but either way. I mean, before Hunter's bike blew up, he didn't look amazing, did he? No, I felt like he was just trying to get through it. Yeah. Nothing, nothing then, special, but I think he's smart enough that he knows kind of what he has to do. He's not going to do anything. Yeah. He's not going to do anything stupid. But when your bike blows up and now you're not in the points lead, that could change. You know, it's easy. It's easy to get caught up in that and and fuck around. You know what I mean. So I mean, we'll have to see. But regardless, it's been it's been good. So Millville should be fun to watch. Hopefully, and it'll be cool to see Deegan with the red plate. There was a couple other guys in the two fifty class, like obviously Jimmy Dakotas. When I found out he was in the B practice, I knew he was going to qualify first. Like it was no doubt in my mind. Yeah, you just go second lap and fucking. Hold it wide open. Oh, yeah. And he knows Especially the track. He, he was the first one on the track. I was like, yep. It's over. It. And yeah. then Talviku, too, from Estonia, he 
raced a couple nationals last year and did really good. But he's someone that looks fucking good, like solid form and was just pushing the whole time. Yeah. I mean, the second moto, he went from 29th to 16th. Yeah. Like he was just, just kept going, doing his laps. Just Is he racing more? Is he going to race next weekend? I don't know. I'd have to see on the entry list, but I think if he did the more and more races that he did, I was, I, that's somebody like I wish almost like a Ferez, like if he got a shot on a good bike to do the whole series, I think he could be really good. He could be a Braswell level, you know, cause I don't know what his, I don't know what his program is like, but for somebody like that, they could train and not have to worry about bikes and working on their own stuff and, and all that. You got to think they could do better. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, mean he's we'll, finishing right behind, pretty much like right behind Ryder D. And yeah. Lord knows what he's doing during the week to get ready. Yeah. And I mean, even coming from Europe, all that travel and shit will fuck you up. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. But before we get too into fucking the 250s, so 450s, there's not much to talk about, I feel like. Or is there? We should just give a quick shout out to Canning. The fucking Connecticut hero. What do you what do you get? Like seventh overall, sixth, something like that. Yep. Fucking beast. Seventh overall. Not off the couch though. Like he probably has just as good of endurance as anyone out there because he's racing well, all that, that he, wood he shit. He has more. It's factual that he has more time on that track than anybody else that's that raced. Yeah. On Saturday. Because what? I mean, he he lives there and he does a school there once a week. Father-in-law owns Southwick. Where does he live? He lives at Southwick. That's, I believe that he lives on the property. <laughs> so, I mean, isn't talk about home race home court advantage? But yeah, but it's also different. Like you can't train. He knows the lines, but you can't really prep the same for the how the lines form during a pro day compared to like an NESC race, like. It gets rough in a different way, you know. No, but you still know. I mean, Naturally, at the it's end an advantage. Of the day, you still know where you still know where you can go. Yeah, and make up time late in motos, like when guys are stuck, and you know, oh, I can go here because it's it's yeah. flat here and, and all it's, this shit. It's like, line choice, and then in the end, just the amount of time on a sand track makes you yeah. be able to come, you know, carry momentum way better than the next guy and fucking conserve energy. Your body's just used to it. Well, it's, it's all those things too. He knows what, what gate you should start in. Like all that shit matters. And all his friends and families there, you can wake up in your own bed and fucking make the coffee in your Keurig. And then man, go race. like I could, that shit all matters. I could drink the shit out of a coffee right now. I'm dying. Fucking hate coffee with a passion. Coffee is delicious. I don't know what you're but talking Jared, about. Like, obviously, there's not much to talk about because he keeps winning. But like the way that he passed Brandis and Sexton in both those motos up that first hill was just absolutely ridiculous. Well, he's doing he's doing it picture perfect. The starts are fucking nine out of ten every time. Like, and if he doesn't get the whole shot, he's doing exactly what you should do, and he makes the pass as fast as possible. It's not like he starts in second. And then makes the pass for first after two laps. He gets it over. Like he passed 
them so fast it doesn't even give him a chance and then he fucking fires off however fast of a lap and is gone and then maintains the gap like you literally could write fucking the the handbook on how to win a dirt bike race from what jet's doing it's well the thing is i think he takes a lot from every person that's ever done well like he's kind of a, a puzzle of everybody else like he has the first lap speed of ken roxon like you know ken always could the first lap he would pull three, four seconds. Like Jack could do that if he wants. He has like the intelligence of a Dungey, the form of like a Sexton, and then also he can have the send of like a Tomac to be like, okay, I gotta fucking put it down. Yeah, and laps. he can pass people on the first lap like a Stewart did. Yeah, so that's why he's so good. Is he's he's not like he's not just good at one thing. He's, yeah, he's and I think the biggest. The, the the two you could put together is like a Dungey and a Stewart type of pace. Like the fucking, the Dungey smarts. Like if Stewart had the Dungey smarts, he would fucking, he'd be the greatest of all time. Because like a lot of the problem with someone that goes that fast is that they eat shit. At some point you're going to eat shit. Where Jet knows when to push and when not to push. So he's not risking it really. Like a Dungey did. That's why Dungey was there every weekend. You know, it was never that, never really that he got hurt. Where that's how Jet is, but he has the speed. So he can smoke everyone and then still not fucking take chances. So he's going to be there every fucking weekend. So they can't hope like they used to with a Stewart that, oh, he's smoking everyone, but there's going to be one race that he fucking eats shit and DNFs. You know, that most likely won't happen with Jet the way he's riding. Yeah, outside of his bike dying, I don't see that happening. Where was the only place he really crashed? High Point? And that was kind of a... The track was just sketchy, you know? Muddy, yeah, clay, I mean, that was like, the thing of, like, who knows? Because, you know, it could be if he gets pushed. That was really the only time he got pushed and he did fall, but... And he who, still won. Who really knows? Because he's gotten pushed, like, even for Anis at Redbud, and you didn't really... Uh-huh. Just like, oh, yeah, I need to go faster for three laps. I'll be fine. Yeah, and a big part of it, too, if you want to talk about fucking, like, the way Vial and, and Hunter, are, like, go around bumps and shit like that, Jet does that so fucking, uh, it's just beautiful to watch. Like, it's so boring, but as, like, a motocross, like, purist, like, if you're a real fan, it's just fun to see the line choice. Like, if you watch clips that people have of him at Southwick, like, jumping, like, using things as doubles and shit like that, jumping down the hill, like, just wild shit like not only is that faster it conserves energy like crazy so when he does yeah, need to push i don't understand this whole oh the races are so boring like it almost uh, like it or not we're kind of watching history be written in front of our eyes because we've never really seen somebody so it's almost more intriguing to me to watch to see if he's gonna win I, i'm not one who's like oh he's gonna win it's boring it's like oh not boring because i want to see him win because no one's ever done it no one's ever had a perfect season their rookie year. Yeah. I mean, there's only two people that have had perfect seasons, and both of them are like, one's the greatest of all time, and one is the fastest guy ever. Yeah. You know, so then what? Third person would be Jet. I mean, we're a long ways out from from a perfect season. You never know. And I think I think Chase is going to get better and better. Like, last weekend, he was arguably the third best guy, but this weekend, like, he was definitely second best and he was there and you got to imagine taking a month off somebody like jet who was riding every day and for chase to not 
race at all, and Lord knows how much he was riding. Come back, and he's only you know ten seconds off. Yes, you can tell though when you watch Chase after the race, it's like eating him alive. He's dying. Like the fact that Jets just beating him like that. He's fucking. So Jets living inside these guys' head. Like he also knows it's never gonna. Like he's a rookie. He knows he's not thinking just about outdoors he's already thinking like fuck what am i going to do for supercross next year like he's going to be fucking good yeah i don't know guys are i mean this is what happens though is that one person's like way ahead and then guys have to step it up like that's kind of just the way that it goes you know like it's yeah, like it's, it, it's eventually jet's not going to fucking he's not going to go on a 10-year run and never lose a race and then no retire and be way better like people are going to catch up yeah, no, they. I mean, they always do, and there'll be a time that, that that happens, but the consistency of, if he stays as consistent as he looks and safe as he looks, then even if guys catch up, like guys might catch up, but then they're going to eat shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he's definitely raising the level. He's almost like a stew in a Carmichael where they came in and kind of redesigned the sport yeah. of like, yeah, this is the level that you have to be on. Yeah, he's kind of doing the same thing and showing people like, yeah, this is, this is, this is where you got to be. Yeah, and I think the number yeah. one way that he's doing is, literally for me, the number one thing is the line choice, like the the weird hops and and conserving energy and like the the line choice makes such a ginormous difference. Like slow down to go faster. Like that's what he's doing. He's bringing it back to that, and it's so much faster. It's crazy. And I think we're in a situation where he could win. He, he could win the rest of the year, like not just a perfect season outdoors, but he could go to motocross nations, win both of his motos and then go to SMX and win all three races. Like, yeah, definitely a possibility. And it might be too early, but like if somebody wins 12 motos in a row. The chances that they continue doing what they're doing is pretty good. Yeah. I also can't imagine this has nothing to do with like the racing, but when you're 19, he's 19, right? Yeah. Say by the end of the year, if he did all that, and even if that doesn't happen, by the end of the year, how much money does he clear? Millions, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, every every national he wins is 100000 in bonuses. I'm so broke. I couldn't even imagine fucking... And that's like, just from Honda, not to mention all the other... His actual contract and gear bonus and it's just crazy. Everything. Like I couldn't He's imagine like millions upon millions. I couldn't even imagine. Like it's it's and then if you if he wins the outdoor championship, that's a million dollars. And if he wins SMX, that's another million dollars. It's just insane. Like I couldn't imagine what that life's like. Like I know he works hard and all that, but like to not have to worry to know at nineteen that you don't have to worry about money probably really ever is yeah. if you play your cards right has to be so nice like it's like the toll that it takes on a privateer or like on the on a rider d or a shimoto like i know that all these guys are making good money but like it's an extra toll to have to think about like what about my next ride like what about my whatever where jet's just like if he keeps going the way he's going he's like set like, there's no fucking, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But, like, there's no stress. It's just fucking just ride and keep doing what you're doing. Like, yeah, 
I don't know. Like the stress of contracts and even Sexton, like that's got to play some sort of a fucking toll on guys. Like Sexton's done with Honda after this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, they're all normal humans. Like to, you have to focus on going fast and training and all this stuff, but also on top of that, focus on like, well, I got to go test this bike in secret and fucking my manager's got to talk to these people. I got to sign this deal. Like all it's, a lot a lot of shit to fucking go through your head and also be expected to fucking haul ass you know what i mean yeah so i don't know it's just crazy to me to think about that but either way it's just you're right it's like watching history almost not to sound fucking stupid but it just it's true this year too in the 450 class like it started out like for as not deep as the field was too it's kind of gotten like it was still pretty good. Like Jet was winning, but you know Webb, Ferrandis, and Plessinger—they were all kind of mixing it up, and there was good battles. But they've kind of solidified themselves now too. It's like yeah. these are the top four guys. I mean, they went one, one, two, two, three, three, four, four. Yeah, I mean the the best thing for me about this season, yeah, it's cool to watch Jet go that fast. I'd be more excited if he would just win by a minute. Like that would make me fucking more intrigued. Um, the thing that I like the most is the is how open it is for privateers in the 450 class. I'm a big fan of the underdog, you know. So to see like the Boutron there or Boutron or whatever you want to say, the Master Pools, the fucking you know like all those guys, it's fun to see be able to be up there. Yeah, and I don't know. Sorry, it's. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's it's just cool. It's cool to see that shit, but also it's weird because the private. You're trying to say like as shitty as it is that there's not twelve factory guys. It's good to see somebody like Masterful who can get fifth yeah. and run third. Because like I was in the stands and every time Masterful come out, people now. Yeah, people like him for sure. I like Masterful. He's a fucking sender, dude. And what's weird to me though is mm-hmm. that okay, a year like this does make it good for, for privateers to have a chance. Like, it's why dudes moved up to the 450 class after one round in the 250s, like Derek Drake or whoever. Um, but it's weird that they're not, like, it's not like it's Jet smoking everyone, then a couple of factory guys, then all the privateers. It's Jet smoking everyone, and then, okay, now it's, maybe it's Sexton Ferrandis, but after that it's like, AC Plessinger like battling with the privateers like it's not you know what I'm saying like the privateers are are holding their own and and being able to go up against some of these factory guys and like show that they're not just fucking way off does that make sense no it makes sense like I don't know what went down that either all these guys got way faster and the factory guys are stagnant or they're slowing down. Like, I I don't really know what's going on. Like, Plessinger should be, not to sound like a douche, but Plessinger, AC, they should be smoking Masterpool. Like, and I like Masterpool, I'm just saying. Like, that's, especially in the eyes of the factory, that's how it should be. They should be fucking destroying them. You know? Yeah, but every year you get those, you get the one privateer guy that's running up there with the factory. Whether it's Cody Shock or, Cooper or like there's always there's always going to be these guys that 
take a step up but are never going to get a factory ride. Yeah. Like, no offense to Masterpool, I don't think he'll ever get a factory ride again. Yeah, but why? Because he sucks at Supercross. Yeah, but he knows that. That's what they were talking about. When he goes to Super Motocross, that's going to be like his final his test. That, yeah, exactly. But I don't know why he would be bad at Supercross. Maybe it's he does have like a Carmichael-esque like style of just like hammering shit and which plays really well outdoors. Um, so maybe that's why, but I don't know. But we also haven't seen someone give that much of a fucking battle to the factory guys as masterful in recent in recent history to me like okay shock has, has been good on a 450 and battled sometimes with factory guys but he was battling in like eighth and he was not battling I don't, with, think, I don't think it should be a surprise that masterful was battling with him because he was on a factory bike and has like fucking has led 250 motos for 25 minutes at a time like he he deserves to have a factory ride like yeah. he has the speed and the so, training he just i think he's one of those people that on the shit end of the stick with yeah. some stuff and I think his parents are hard to get along with but in the end he's still he's a privateer you know yeah he is a privateer but so it, the bigger thing is that Jet, Jet could go out and buy a Honda and oh, for sure. get a motor and put bars and suspension on it that aren't factory and he would still win yeah. I wholeheartedly believe that or have the capability like I don't know if he yeah yeah, I think so. I think he would still win. I don't think he would say, "Oh, he's a privateer." Like the the whole the bike has nothing to do with it. The only hard part about being a privateer is like the travel. Yeah, and even him, he's not he's not driving to the races. Yeah, at least I don't think he is. Like his bike is getting hauled around by somebody else, and he's flying to the races. Like, yeah, I mean, he has to be because he's training in Texas. Like before Southwick, he was fucking he was training at home in Texas. It's not like he was driving, so. I mean, he's got some support, but either either way, he's still a privateer. So it's not; it's definitely not as carefree as a factory person. But like you said, I mean, we know he has the speed. It's just maybe it's more surprising that he doesn't have a ride, like even like a Club MX ride or a fucking, you know, something like a satellite or like the Suzuki teams. Or well, it, goes, it goes back to that he doesn't he doesn't want to not train in Texas. It's the, that's the problem. I don't I don't think. There's no reason why he couldn't be on yeah, but like, Club MX Yamaha or something, but that's what him and his parents think is best, so that's why every team he's on, they don't get along because they have their own idea of what's best, and that's what they want to do. Yeah, but what's crazy is like that's also been proven to work for guys, not only proven to work for guys to all be together, like at the Go Farm, but also proven that you can do it like a Tomac and fucking be in secret, be in the hills of Colorado, and fucking have the same results. You know what I mean? But that's the that team, and Tomac has the he has the results to back it that no one's going to say. I don't think you should do that. But somebody like Masterpool, he doesn't have the credentials to be to go to a team and say, "Yeah, I want to ride for you guys, but I'm going to do what the fuck I want." Because they're like, yeah, yeah, but why? Yeah, why should? Why do they give a fuck? I don't know why they would care. It's like, does the fucking when you show up on the weekends and your bike's there, are you going to perform? Like, I don't give a fuck what you do. Well, you got to think for a privateer team, a team that he's going to get on, which, you know, would be a muck off or an AEO or, or these teams. If you live in Texas, not only do they, are they not able to be there with you and see what's going on, but it's added costs for a team that doesn't have much money. Think about if you have, if you're having to fly engines back and forth and suspension, 
yeah. and guys to help yeah. you. Like that's that's that shit adds up. It is different you know? than if he if his hometown was California. It would be different. Yeah, like Tomac, they're gonna do that for Tomac. But like Masterpool, is it worth the cost of having to do all that when you could go hire Kilroy that you know is gonna live at club and not cause you any problems? Like Yeah. I don't know. No, I know. I mean but at what point if you're masterful do you just say, Okay, enough fucking let me just adhere, you know? Like it almost reminds me of like a Weston Pike, where for the longest time Pike's like, yeah, I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to be myself. But at a certain point, well, he, he kind of never really changed. He just found a home where they didn't care, which was JGR and they never got rid of him. You know, he got yeah. hurt and that's what, that's what did it. But like, you know, you have to find the right, the perfect team that likes that shit. Like, yeah, be yourself. Cause it's kind of sad, but like all the corporate training and all this stuff, like, if you're not that guy, it is way harder to get a ride. If you're not the sexton that's completely fucking trained to go on the podium and give interviews and stuff, it's it's hard to get a ride. Yeah, I mean, most especially Masterpool too. Most teams are based at, out of somewhere or a training facility. All of them, like club <laughs> is that club. That PRMX team is at south of the border. Like, what do you what are you supposed to do? He's kind of in no man's land. And yeah. he has a bad reputation now, too. So it almost doesn't matter. Like, sure, if he started winning races, he's going to get a ride. But if he keeps being 5 to 10, like I said, no one's going to no one's gonna sign him. Yeah. And what sucks is he has all this momentum. And if nothing changes and he goes to Supercross and sucks, like, it's yeah. going it, to, you know, all his progress. Now, all of a sudden, people aren't talking about him anymore. So he really does need to fucking step it up as far as Supercross. But it's also hard to train Supercross when you live in Texas. Like, they don't have a fucking supercross track there, like the test well, tracks and or well, tracks he's got in a California. Track too, but if you're riding, if you're riding by yourself, it's hard to get any better. Well, not like only you might are, think you're ripping, but then you go to California to ride with people, and you're like, "Well, yeah. I'm way off." Not only are you riding by yourself, but you're also riding Texas dirt. Like that's the only dirt you're riding. It's not hard pack. It's not fucking. It's not like guys in Florida that can ride. Okay, we have one hard pack track, we have one softer track, and we can build a whole Daytona replica, you know? Where, like, if you're in Texas, he's riding a, probably one clay supercross track, you know? Which, okay, he might be really good if you go when they go to fucking Dallas or wherever, but other than that, you don't know what the fuck's going on. But I think we're getting, we're getting far away from the fucking the task at hand here. Is there anywhere, anyone else from Southwick that you thought did way better than you thought or that surprised you? Well, this can lead us into the next part is what you might have missed. Because we did, we talked a good amount about the 450s, even though there wasn't much to talk about. We found a way. Um, what you might have missed. Was there any privateers that you saw that were fucking, I can give you what you might have missed. For those that don't, people know Matt Burkeen. You know Matt Burkeen, obviously. Um, what you might have missed is I saw his YouTube video. He was like throwing up and shit during practice. Did you notice that? No. He fucking, apparently, I bet he got food poisoning, but I guess he said he woke up with, like, the worst migraine that he's ever had, and he threw up, like, ten times and was, like, thinking about not even riding, and then he went out and practiced, put down, like, one lap or two laps, whatever, still felt like shit, and then I think the second practice, he literally was throwing up in his helmet, like, while he was trying to qualify. That's something that people who aren't, in the depths of YouTube and watching 
Matt Burkeen's vlog will not know, but either also, way. It was fucking, it was fucking hot. It was hot as fuck. literally passed out after one of the motos. After the second moto, he passed out. Says who? That's just what I've heard. Is he literally got off the track, went to the truck, and then moseyed on over to the Alpine Stars medical thing and passed out. Yeah, that's not not ideal. One thing that you might have missed, and I really feel bad for him, is um, Kevin Morans, who's trying to get points to get, race SMX, and went from the UK race world supercross, and went to the outdoors score points for SMX and then didn't get any points. Rough. He needs to step it up. That's a guy that's reverse time master pool. Fucking good at supercross, not so great at outdoors. No. But somebody like him, like I, he makes it worth it financially just because he has such a different way of marketing himself. Yeah. That he can make it make sense. He can go get last and it's still going to make sense because of the yeah. thing that he does with Patreon and the helmet wraps. And you can literally give him $100 at the race and sign his front fender. Yeah, if you play your cards right as a privateer, you can make good money. But you have to, you have to know how to do the marketing. You know, yeah. like if Deegan sucked, if Deegan was a twentieth place, twenty fifth place privateer, he would make good money because of his following. They're like a marketing machine. Like if Deegan fucking sucked, he would still make a fine living. You know. Another thing you might have missed is the f- amount of. Foreigners that scored points, people yeah. that I've some guys I've never even heard of, but like Utron got fifth, Gert Kresinov from Estonia got eleventh, Norin twelfth, Lars Van Berkel sixteenth, Carol Cuts. Are you ever heard of him? No, me neither. Twentieth, like <laughs> I don't know what the intrigue is behind Southwick and why these guys just decide to show up. Maybe it's like it's the closest to. I'll give you the reasons. Europe? I'll give you the reasons right now. I'm a, I fucking know this stuff. I'm a Let's beast. This is what I think. Okay, maybe you're right. You can fly right to JFK. That is that is a plus. That's a plus. They don't have yeah, to do all these connecting flights. You got to fly from JFK to Albany, or you can just drive. But yeah, let me go. Let me go direct from Frankfurt to Albany. You'd spend about fifteen thousand dollars, I think. Yeah. Probably more, but um, no. So yeah, it is. It's probably the cheapest race to go to, as far as besides Unadilla. Um, and because it's sand, they know that they're going to be good. And yes, it's sand, so they know they can do good in sand. And as I was saying with Vial before, a big thing of it is if they go there, there's not much track to learn. There's obviously there's track to learn. Okay, it's a fucking every track you got to learn which way the fucking track goes. But there's no jumps to fucking be worried about. Like, it's not like going to fucking Redbud or fucking even Unadilla and the whole first fucking practice. You have to go out there and learn the track. You can't even put a fucking lap down because you have to learn the jumps, learn the timing, timing. Like, people don't understand how fucking how crazy that is. Like, to go, it's even crazier in Supercross, but to go somewhere that you've never ridden before and be expected to put down a fucking heater that fast like you still have to learn the jumps and all this shit like people don't think about that you know southwick you show up and you send that's what it is go for it you know so that's probably that's to me that's why they do it it's money and the fact that they can be competitive for a few reasons another thing did you see that lars van bergel raced at southwick 
And then he got in a rental car and then drove seven hours to go race at Gopher Dunes in Canada on Sunday. To me, it sounds like Lars Van Berkel is a fucking sender. He's a fucking East Beach race hero. Regardless, he's a hero. Yeah. He's got a vlog. Shout out Lars Van Berkel. He's got, he does have a vlog too. Sometimes, dude, I, I take a shit for too long on a Saturday. I don't even want to get out of bed on Sunday, let alone do I want to drive seven hours and go do another race in the sand. That's fair. Speaking of shits, I, you know, I'm eating the only meat started yesterday. See how long this lasts. I haven't pooped. I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, usually I'm shitting twice a day. I haven't shit at all. I had a mean stomachache last night, though. But literally yesterday, all I ate was fucking two steaks and five eggs. So, naturally, my stomach hurt. So, but either way, I haven't shit. It's kind of concerning for a guy like me, especially not being in shape and being fat and eating like shit usually. A guy like me should be shitting probably five times a day. And I haven't pooped. I feel like something's wrong. I don't know what to do. It's possible, but you're also not, you're not eating anything to shit out. Yeah, you're right. I'm fucking starving right now. To be to be completely honest with you, make you feel good. I'm gonna get done with this. I'm gonna get in my van and go get a sandwich from the deli. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I could murder Chipotle right now. Chipotle, (laughs) fucking bacon, egg, and cheese. All this stuff. One thing about going to Southwick, if you're a privateer. Wake up in the morning, or maybe even Sunday, if you if you didn't take the red eye. Wake up, have a nice deli sandwich, nice bacon, egg, and cheese. They don't have that shit out west. We we hold it down over here for the delis. Oh, yeah. In Florida, you train in Florida, you ain't getting delis. You ain't getting fucking bacon, egg, and cheeses. That'd be oh, what yeah. I would do if I was up here. You get an alligator pie for breakfast. <laughs> you get a fucking shit pie. For the people... Out there, there's two things I want to say. Speaking, because now I'm on a tangent. This has nothing to do with dirt bikes. If you've never had a bacon, egg, and cheese with lettuce, tomato, onion, and mayo, fucking disgusting. You immediately that's the move. No, no, that's the move. So number one, try it. It's a fucking BLT. Add onion and egg. Call it a bell. So, question: If you made a BLT on white bread, would you feel comfortable putting an egg on it? Hundred percent. You're fucking disgusting. Hundred percent. It's delicious, no, dude. So, if anyway. you want to say a bacon, egg, and cheese with salt, pepper, and ketchup, okay, that's understandable. But you start going putting lettuce, tomato, mayo, onion. Go fuck yourself. That's just gross, dude. Well, have you tried it? I don't need to try. All right, have you tried enough. Dog shit then you're too? done. No, I don't have need you to. Tried dog shit. It's a little different because one's not a food. One's not food. No. Well, you go ahead and eat dog shit. You eat dog shit. If you eat it and you like it, then I'll try it. But until then, I'm not trying it. You do it first because it was your idea. I've tried it. It was good. You should try it. So another thing, speaking of breakfast, and this will upset you too, very slept on for the people out there, Subway breakfast. Try it out. Same situation at hand. You go, you're going to go in there. You tell them you want a bacon, egg, and cheese on a flatbread. Tell them when they cook the bacon and the egg, put the peppers and onions with it and the cheese. So the cheese melts and you got cooked peppers and onions. And then when it comes out, you're going to get lettuce, tomato, onion, chipotle. That's fucking disgusting. That's not delicious. Even good. Delicious. No. Try it. 
try right, it. I'm over it. I'm over it. All right. So that leads us into our next segment. Weekly awards. We got a few here. The first one's gonna be best gear. Usually these Church. are these are gonna be your your go to's because I don't follow I don't give a fuck what people look like most of the time. I don't pay attention. I'm going the Joe Tate route. Aaron Tonti? Yes. AKA First of all, Joseph I, Tate. Never, I can't believe that they, they didn't fix his name. We hey. literally did an interview with him on Friday, and then his name was still Aaron Tonti. I don't, that must be some shit. I feel like they just don't give a fuck. Like, why I feel do like they you're care? They're doing it to him now. They could. I mean, do you think Joe said something to AMA or whoever it was and was like, yo, what's the deal here? I think he said that he went and said something, but. Obviously, it didn't change. No, that that did surprise me, too. So for the people out there, shout out Joe Tate. We can give him the best gear. We'll give him the award. Um, anyone listening? Yeah, that's true. He did have an Ants Army butt patch on. That's so, more the, the reason why I'm saying he has the best gear. All right. Well, let's give it to Joe. And let me see if I can play a sound bite and we'll fucking. <laughs> nope, wrong one. There we go. First award to Joe Tate, best gear. And right. you didn't hear it. I played some cheers. Um, next one would be best bike. Who has it? Well, before we move on, who has the worst gear? Who has the worst setup? To me, it's the it's the fucking Butron and uh, what is it? A Rod. Fucking. They have, they have different gear on, so I'm not. I'm confused where you're. Well, going I think it's Butron. Then I don't like how his setup looks. I don't know if that's unpopular opinion or what. I don't like it. That's just me. I think who who has the the worst bike? Best. I said best. Oh, you said who has the worst gear? Worst, what said. worst. Who? What team has the worst gear setup? I think some of the stuff that Fox makes for the Pro Circuit guys looks god awful. Yeah, Pro Circuit's falling off. I mean, if you think about good gear setups for teams, some stuff is really good, and then some stuff I'm just like, who designed this? Yeah. I really like the the fucking TLD setups. I'm into it. I was gonna say that, and I still, you know what's fucked up is I still don't. I don't think Braswell has sublimated jerseys. He's fucking roughing it. <laughs> Who's even on that team? Fucking Braswell Moseman. Just him. Pierce Brown's coming back next week. That could be cool. I feel I feel good about that. And then for as long, as far as best bike goes, what, what do you got? Well, hold on. Let me see if I have a sound bite for worse gear. Not it. Not it. Not it. There we go. Worst gear goes to... We don't know. Okay. Um, Best bikes? Go ahead. I don't know. I think Luke Grenzen's bike looked pretty good. Okay. I could get behind that. Was Luke Grenzen... Limited number of sponsors, and all it said on the side of his bike was Dream. That's it. Was he on a two-stroke? No. Oh, okay. So who was there? Was a couple guys on two strokes. There was Burkeen. There was one other dude, and then there was another guy. But I don't know who the two were. I didn't look into it too much. I can't see anybody that's on a two stroke. No one was on a one twenty five. I don't think they qualified. It was both. It was in the four fifty class, but I don't think any of them qualified. Makes sense. What I would love to see is. I think it's Redland. Okay, we can give that to him. Let me see if I got the right one. What are you, you have to make a choice. We can't pick the same thing for everything. No, I'm going to agree with you. 
fucked. That's a cop out answer. No, I mean I think best bikes. So I give it to Rensland. I'm I'm okay with that. All right. Um, and then what I would like to see real quick. Speaking of two strokes, if Jet rode an 07 CR250 at the final round. Well, he can't. That's so dumb, dude. Fucking just let him do it. It'd be fun. I think Moose Can's racing a two stroke, a two stroke at Washougal. Love it. Love it. There's, it's like fifteen thousand dollars up for grabs. Yeah, I I mean I'll I'm I'll love to see it. Shout out Marvin Westwin. The best the best style. You you pick first so that way you can't steal my best answer. style? Oh man. I think I'm a big fan of kitchen style. He just it's just clean, dude. And it's fucking so I'm gonna go two fifty, I'll take are we going two fifty and four fifty? No, you can just pick one. It's fine. I'm gonna go with um I'll go with kitchen for best style. I like I think that's just an easy answer for me. I just really like it. I'm gonna go a little off the wall here and I'll pick Telviku. He just looked good. All right. Well then that's our two picks. Let me give the round of applause. Here we go. Comfortable. There you go. Kitchen and the other guy with the European name. Um Worst style? Anyone? Worst, worst style is Hardy Munoz. Consistently. He looks just looks just not. <laughs> it he does not. It's not it. No. Biggest sender. Should I say it first? Yeah, go ahead. 250, I'm going to give it to Shimoda. Because like you said, if he's not comfortable on the bike, he had to have been sending. So I'm going with Shimoda. And he ended up winning a moto. So shout out Sushi. For me, it's he's biggest sender for me. And I'll say I, I'm struggling between Cooper and Masterpool. Because Masterpool in the first moto when he was in front of Brandis and Plusher, he was sending. Sending. So we'll go 250s, I'll say Shimoda. 450s, I'll say Masterpool. Masterpool is a sender. And then 252 Cooper was, was fucking going for it. And there was one lap. He was the only guy I saw do it in the turn after where I was watching, which was you hit the tabletop, you drop down, you come up, and you hit the left-hander before you come back down the hill. Mm. He went outside, and he hopped off the track and then rode the grass down the hill. Right, so was he cheating? Are we saying that's cheating too? Um. We'll, we'll give it a pass. I don't know what your definition though. of cheating is, but it probably wasn't the most legal thing in the world. We can it's give like him. speeding. You know, yeah. if he got caught, he probably could have got a ticket, but he didn't get there, was no, there was no officer on the track right there. So All right. Well, we'll give it to Shimoda, Cooper, and Masterpool. Shout out you guys. And then somebody that's a, that's a non-sender, he really is a sender, but I'm going to say he's a non-sender, would to, be Jet. To me, non-senders are the people that generally look the most uncomfortable. People that I'm, just weren't I, I sending. Because Jet didn't look like he was sending. He looked like he was non-sending. Oh, but that's the thing. But he was sending, for sure. Oh, but he's a sending non-sender. Yeah, so he has a different award, really. We give that to him. The biggest sending true, non-sender, Jet Lawrence. If you want a true non-sender, it'd have to be Hardy Munoz, like I said. Worst style. But that's the thing. I don't think his style's not great, but Hardy Munoz is a sender. He sends. Yeah, but he wasn't sending this weekend. All right. He was not so, so for you, biggest non-sender for you. I witnessed him. He was, in fact, not, not sending. sending. He was, something must have been wrong. So for you, Hardy Munoz, biggest non-sender of the weekend. 
Yeah, he was intending. All right. Do you have a choice? Um, two fifties, I'd say Hunter Lawrence. Like, that he just looked uncomfortable, not well. I don't think he looked like himself. No. So for me, that would be my vote for two fifties. I think it would be Hunter Lawrence. It's tough to give these. Obviously, everyone out there is a sender, but regardless, to me, he just didn't look like himself, and I mean that it showed in the results. I think so. For someone me, else that, someone else that wasn't sending would be Lux Turner. He had an awful second moto. He was every time I looked. I think he crashed in the same turn three times on three different laps. <laughs> he so, was not sending. So the three non-senders, can we give it to, you're going to say Munoz, yep. Hunter Lawrence, and Lex Turner? That's what we're going Lux, with? not Lex. Yeah, but I'm going to say Lex. Like Lex Luthor. Lux Turner. Lux Turner sounds like a fucking TV brand, doesn't it? I'm going to get to 65-inch like Lux. Like Turner Classic Movies or like... I'm, gonna, I'm looking for the 4K 75-inch Lux Turner edition. Do you have that? Okay, I'm going to play the sound. I wish you could hear it, but you can't. Here it goes. Biggest non-senders. Shout out to you guys. Okay, and final, last but not least, worst announcer. Um, to me, I'm going to give it to him, though. They had a nice little setup at the beginning where Weege was in the booth, and then they had Stu in the pits and Carmichael in the pits, and they kind of just jumped around. That might have been during practice. That was I liked that. I felt good about that. But for me, worst announcer every week, um, if you're going up against Weege, it's always going to be the guy that's not Weege. In this case, we have a different atmosphere because it was Stu and Carmichael. So it's really to decide between those two. For me, actually, I think that the worst announcer is Will Christian of all of them. I'd really sometimes I'm just really not a fan. I don't think she's bad at her job. I just think that JT gives much more insight because he's raced. He knows what's going on and he kind of knows what to look for. Like, I think Will is really great for not having race. But like, I think of all of them, she shouldn't be out there. Yeah, so basically AMA, whoever, whoever's in charge, if you want to replace Will Christian, either of us would be happy to do it, right? I would I would not be happy to do it. No, you don't have to, but I'll do it. I'll do it for sure. Go ahead. Hit me up. Davey Coombs, whoever wants to hit me up, hit me up. I, I Tag me in, coach. Who would it really be? Feld? Feld Supercross. So who's in, is it MX Sports that would be in charge? No, it's NBC. NBC. So whoever the fuck is in charge, hit me up. You can figure it out. You can figure out how to get in touch with me. I will help you, okay? so What exactly are you going to help them with? I have great insights, dude. They might have to censor me sometimes, but either way. They have to blur you out. If you want to blur my face, remember that guy in Fantasy Factory that was had his face blurred at all times? No. But I'd love it if they put you in like a dark room. And you were just given insight. No one knew what you looked like, and you had a voice changer. You were all robotic. I can't wait till the day when they replace Lurch with AI. Oh, man. I don't think it'd we be hard. That. We need that as a sound drop. I am going, the let's get ready to get, 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 go racing thing. That would be. Yeah. I guess we could. But either way, worst announcer, we'll give it to Will Christian. And that'll wrap up our awards we need a couple sound bites so it'd be cool like you know at the end of um 
segments or before. But anyways, I have a, a couple, but not enough. And then the final thing we want to do here is going to be next week predictions. Let's run through it. We start with 250s? Yeah, give me your podium. My podium for 250s, I think, is going to be... Oh, man. This is tough. Oh, First place... I'm going to say third place is going to be Deegan. Second, I'm going to say Lawrence. I'm going to go way out on a limb and say that for two weeks in a row... Tom Vial will be first overall. I think he's coming into his own. And Millville is kind of sandy too. So out there picks, but we're going to see. Deegan, Lawrence, Vial, three to one. Third, I think it's going to be, I'm really going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go with. Do you say Pierce Brown? Hammaker? Yep. If the fitness is there, I see it. But go ahead. And then second overall, I'll go Shimoda. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm going to say RJ. Wow. So what happens to Hunter? The way it's going now, I have, Could be I have no faith. All right. Fair enough. But I think he, I think he'll be in the top five, both motos, but I don't think he'll get on the podium overall. And I don't foresee Deacon doing that great. Uh, fair enough. We'll see what happens. Market folks. Um, what if, let me test out the sound bites here. Do we have any that are good with this? <laughs> That's a laugh. Just hold off on it. That's not what we want. That's not what we want. That's not what we want. That's not. No, none of them are what we want. We'll just use the. Great, great podcasting. Yeah. Okay. And 450s, should I go first? No, I'll go first. Um, I think that March Banks is going to get a podium and a moto. Okay. First of all, I don't think he gets third overall. Possible. I think he gets a podium in a moto. I think Ferrandis gets third, Stexon gets second, and Chase gets first. All right. Fair I enough. think that the track at Millville is very Club MX esque. You think like Sexton gets part second, of, and part of the track is Jet gets first. Very sandy. So you're going. Who would you say is going to get first? Jet oh. first, Sexton second, Ferrandis third. But I think March Banks podiums a moto. Yeah. I think I could just I go with the, the same. At, the track at Millville, I think, is very Club MX-esque. Yeah. I think I could just go with the same. I just think it's an easy pick. Like, a betting man would just say... I mean, a real betting man would bet, like, most of their money on Jet to win, and then, like, a small percentage on a Sexton or Ferrandez because the odds are probably fucking way good. Um, can't you bet on dirt bikes now? I think at the first, at the first, or I think at Hangtown, there was some sort of betting thing, and, and Jet's odds were like ridiculous. Like, I was, I was ready to cash out everything I had, <laughs> put it on Jet, oh, and I would have been a millionaire. Imagine if you made a bet before the season started that he would go undefeated. The odds of that would probably have been crazy. And now look, you'd be feeling like a fucking genius. I will tell you, if you did that at the second one of an Ironman, you would be shitting yourself. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would also have been shitting myself at the whole time at High Point. It depends how much I risk, though. Like, if I risked every dollar I'd have, it, it wouldn't, yeah, be, you, it wouldn't be that many dollars. If I had a house, if I had more than barely any money, then I would make a bet. I don't know. We'll have to see. 
But either way, so predictions, I'll go with that too. Same thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, any final thoughts on life or, or the weekend or anything you want to touch on real quick before we hang this sucker up? Not, not, not particularly. Boring. Well, what do you have to fucking contribute? Boring. Boring. Nothing. Fill me in. Um, speaking of fill me in, shout out to Phil Nicoletti. Good to see him fucking, he looked like he was suffering, but did you see, did you see his Instagram where he collapsed after he fell? Yeah. Was that like, was he passing out or was that like, he was knocked out? Apparently he couldn't feel his legs. He was so tired. Yeah. So he got up and tried to stand, couldn't feel his legs underneath, flopped over. That's fucking terrifying. Honestly, like that feeling is just so shitty. Yeah, funny. Good one. Um, That's a terrifying feeling, though, for sure. To be, like, that exhausted. Like, you just feel like you're going to die. You get all nauseous and shit. Like, fuck that. He did the stanky leg, though. Good for him. So, shout out Phil Nicoletti. Holding it down for District 34. Um, But, yeah, I got nothing else. I think we had a good one. We're uh, firing through these. We're going to have... So, what's our... Kind of to fill people in... What's our plan as far as releasing podcasts? We're going to record them on Sundays, I believe. And then when do we, we're going to release them? You think Sunday night would be best? Yeah. Cause we're hopefully li- some other ones sprinkled throughout rider interviews. Maybe we could. Yeah. If we, we could buy an MXGP and watch it and be total morons and talk about it. Yeah. A little live action, a little live watch party would be cool. One, you yeah, know, I, mean, I think our goal is to kind of podcast about anything and everything. In yeah. terms of dirt bikes. But as far as go to going forward, I'm saying tune in six o'clock on Sunday and that's when we'll release them. And further in the future, it'd be cool to do them live at six o'clock on Sundays, but that we're not quite there yet. You know, oh, we'll get there. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. So either way, tune in, I'd say next week at six and watch out for some articles between now and then, and then going forward, on the website dp3media.com and the last thing i would like to ask is if you enjoyed it and you made it this far um please tell some people that also have heartbeats and take breaths to uh take a listen if they like dirt bikes and things like that degenerates anything anybody we haven't really gotten too degenerate but i mean you know it'd be better if we could have some callers and shit like that we get a little more off the cuff but Regardless, you got anything to say? Final, final sentence. Anything? Thanks for listening, and it's DP at DP3 Media on all social media. If you'd like to follow, all right, greatly appreciated. Awesome. Well, either way, it's been a pleasure. I hope everyone has a great rest of their week, and um, we will see you next or this coming Sunday. There we go. All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye.